Noah, go ahead and come on up, bud. Um, Noah's on slides today, and he thought he was going to get off easy since I didn't make any slides, but he didn't know that I'm using him as a human prop. So here we go. Um, these circles are circumstances. Everybody say circumstances. And you'll notice that not all circumstances are created equal. Um, some circumstances are very small, and some circumstances um, are quite large. Uh, but these are the different circumstances that we might find ourselves in. So um, Noah, would you please place yourself in a circumstance? Okay, so we're just gonna start there, and it's helpful that you step to that one first because this, you guys probably can't see this hula hoop, but it's very smiley. Uh, there's lots of cool smiley faces on there. It's very happy, it's very happy. So it just illustrates that some circumstances uh, that we face are very good, right? We find ourselves in good circumstances, circumstances that make us happy, uh, circumstances that are good for our hearts, um, circumstances that kind of create sweet memories. So um, just take uh, five seconds and recall a sweet memory uh, from your past. Everybody got one? I think back to just a couple of days ago, I went on a hike in uh, Marin with my family, and uh, it was seven miles, and these guys did great. They only complained a little bit. I complained a lot, and it was wonderful. We had a great time. The scenery was beautiful. I didn't really complain, actually. I was just exaggerating. But um, we had a great time as a family. So. Um, some memories, some circumstances, right, are super sweet. They're just good. They make us happy. They fill our hearts with goodness. Um, sometimes, however, we find ourselves in, uh, well, go ahead and move to a different circumstance, please. Oh, that was a bad choice. Um, sometimes we find ourselves in bad circumstances. Um, uh, and, and we get there in different ways. Uh, sometimes, as Noah just did, we walk right into a bad circumstance. Um, maybe we say something snarky to somebody that we live with, and it creates this tension all of a sudden in the household. Anybody ever do that? Wonderful, I'm not alone in my sin, right? So, so we say something snarky, and all of a sudden it puts us in a bad circumstance. Uh, sometimes um, the world or people um, are, are not very nice, and so we might be in an, in an okay circumstance, but the rest of the world does something like this. And they start throwing stuff at us for no apparent reason. Uh, I was driving home on, what night was that? Thursday night, I've got my left blinker on, I'm waiting to turn, and uh, some guy felt it was inappropriate for me to turn, even though I had my blinker on, and he decided to lay on his horn right behind me. And I was like, I did nothing to deserve that, right? And so that's what happens sometimes, and all of a sudden I'm finding myself in a bad circumstance, and my heart is in a bad circumstance place, even though I really did nothing. I, honestly, like I did nothing to deserve that, right? You were there. <laughs> you are in a bad circumstance, sir. Okay, um, and, then, and then sometimes, um, sometimes things just sort of happen, like maybe COVID, Things just kind of happen where all of a sudden um, we might be in an okay circumstance, but this bad circumstance just kind of gets placed right over the top of us. So um, sometimes we're able to find ourselves in a good circumstance, and then other times we find ourselves in bad circumstances. Um, let's think for just a moment what we do um, when we find ourselves in a bad circumstance. 
Uh, and these are just some examples that I thought of. You might think of a different example of how you respond or how you react to a bad circumstance. But just think about this. Um, sometimes we just kind of hold on and, we, and we, we grin and bear it, right? So give me your best holding on uh, pose. <laughs> Good. And then uh, sometimes we try to jump to another circumstance because we don't like the circumstance that we're in. So we just start hopping around trying to find a different circumstance that works better for us. So go ahead and move to another circumstance. Excellent. And uh, maybe that one is good. Maybe that one is bad. If it's bad, then we try to hop to another circumstance. Oh, that's not a good one either. But anyway, just stay there for a second. Uh, and, then, and then sometimes what we do is um, we, we don't like it when people are th throwing a bad circumstance at us or when they're attacking us. And so, man, we pick up that rubber chicken and we throw it right back, right? Or they're going to ruin my circumstance. I'm going to ruin your circumstance. Um, sometimes we even turn to um, despair and we just say, wow, my circumstance really sucks. Can I say that in church? Sometimes my circumstance sucks and I feel like I'm never going to get out of it. And every single circumstance around me that I see is kind of equally sucky. And so I don't really think it pays to really move. Right? We get there sometimes. Um, we find ourselves in a bad circumstance, and we have to kind of ask the question, like, man, what am I going to do in that moment? Um, it, it might be a time for you to just kind of say, like, what's the bad circumstance that you're sort of facing? Because my guess is that something went wrong in the past week, or something went wrong this morning. And there was something that you just sort of said, man, this is not a good situation. This is not a good circumstance. This is not really where I want to be. And then the follow-up question then is like, how do you respond to that? What do you actually do when you find yourself in that bad circumstance? And of course, the reality is that life isn't quite so black and white as I'm picturing it, uh, right? If we actually could jump into a good circumstance and just sort of stay there, that would be wonderful. But the reality is that every circumstance kind of usually has a little bit of a confusing mixture, good and bad, all in one confusing circle. Um, 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, verse 16, it's the one verse that we're really going to focus in on today. We're going to zoom in on it. It suggests and it offers, I would say, um, a different option. A different option than we've been talking about, but, but just notice what I say. It's a different option about how we handle, how we live in our circumstance. Um, it's a different option. It's not a different circumstance. Very important to see the difference. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, can you have a seat and then I'll bring you back up in, in a little bit towards the end? Okay, so, so uh, let's talk just briefly about the, the circumstance that the people in 2 Thessalonians find themselves in. Uh, the reality, you probably, anybody know the context and the situation of 2 Thessalonians? Good, so I get to enlighten you for just a couple of minutes, and you might find this historically boring, but I think it will be helpful as you just kind of understand the circumstance that these guys find themselves in. Uh, it, it's really, uh, for them, kind of a, a chaotic um, bad from the start and getting worse kind of situation, just to lay that on real heavy at the beginning, right? It's a chaotic, uh, bad from the start and getting worse kind of situation. 
If we go back to the book of First Thessalonians, right? First Thessalonians, that's a letter that Paul writes. It's actually one of the earliest letters that he writes in the New Testament. It's, it's maybe as early as 20 years after Jesus dies, uh, rises from the dead, and ascends into heaven. Super early, right? Um, that, that Paul is going into, the, uh, into Thessalonica, and, and, and here's what it says, uh, 2 verse 2, he declares the gospel in much conflict, so he walks into the city and he gets to declare the gospel. He's, he's telling them about a Jesus who suffers and dies and rises from the dead and, uh, and ascends into heaven. Super good news. He gets to declare this message to them and instantly there are immediate converts. Um, not from the Jews, but really from the Gentiles, from the people who weren't of Jewish background. Um, chapter 2, verse 15, uh, it, things uh, turn, turn, turn not so good, right? Chapter 2, verse 15 says that Paul was driven out. You know how fast it was? Three weeks. He goes in and he declares the gospel, and uh, even as he's declaring the gospel, there's apparently some level of conflict and tension happening, and, uh, and, and he's there for three weeks before the, the Jews drive him out of town. Um, they recognize that uh, what Paul is doing is going to ruin their system of life, and that makes them uncomfortable, and so they just kind of either they, they threaten force or they actually uh, enact force on him, and they drive him out of town. Uh, chapter 2, verse 17, 1 Thessalonians, he says that he was torn away from them, torn away from them. So, so this is, now you've got a young but very disorganized church that's under attack. That's how they start. And then you move to 2 Thessalonians, and you get to 1 verse 4, and you get four, uh, three words there that, that are just uh, really telling. I don't know if you caught these words as you were listening, but 1 verse 4 says this, persecution, affliction, and enduring. Persecution means that, uh, that, that uh, people are hostile towards them. They don't like them, and they push them to the fringe of society. Uh, affliction means that, that uh, it, it literally means like a pressing or a squeezing, like you would squeeze an orange to get orange juice, right? This is what the, what, what the Jews uh, are doing to them. This is what the, uh, the culture is doing to them because of their newfound faith and their newfound life as a disciple. Um, enduring uh, means simply to hold up. Uh, it means uh, kind of this image that, you know, there's a heavy weight on your shoulder and you're holding it up, but just kind of barely, right? You're holding up, you're enduring it, you're bearing it. Uh, chapter 1, verse 4, right? Second Thessalonians, they are uh, facing persecution, they are facing affliction, and they are enduring. Uh, chapter 1, verse 5, the very next verse says that they are suffering, right? That means that they are struggling in some kind of way. And so they were likely facing the same threat uh, of force that uh, drove Paul out of town, uh, and they were also being likely pushed to the fringe of society. Um, chapter 2, verse 2, uh, Second Thessalonians, uh, two key words there. It says that they are shaken and alarmed. And this is kind of interesting, and, and I, I, this is probably like a sermon of its own, so just, uh, how do I, so shaken and alarmed, uh, concerning the coming of Jesus, is what it says in chapter 2, verse 2. They are shaken and alarmed concerning the coming of Jesus. So remember, Paul was there for how many weeks? Three weeks, right? And so he told them about the death and the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. He didn't get to tell them much about the second coming. So in his first letter, he has a lot to say about the second coming of Jesus, about the return of Jesus. And they get really excited. Why are they excited? Because they're in a bad circumstance. 
And they long for Jesus to return. They long for Jesus to bring peace in the future at some point. They long to experience the kingdom of God come in power and in glory. Um, unfortunately, from Paul's first letter to the second letter, somebody came in. There was some kind of false teacher that came in and said, Hey, guess what, church in Thessalonica? You missed it. Jesus already came back. Can you imagine the devastation on their hearts? They are shaken and alarmed because they feel, they, they think that they have missed the second coming of Jesus and that Jesus has abandoned them to their suffering and their persecution. What's left in that moment? Do you feel the weight on their hearts? The, the weight of their circumstance? Their circumstance is bad and chaotic from the start and it just continues to get worse and worse. Now, as far as we know, uh, these folks weren't trying to, they, they weren't trying to jump to a new circumstance. Uh, they stayed faithful. They were still enduring in their faith. Uh, as far as we know, they weren't fighting back. They didn't pick up the rubber chicken and throw it back at somebody else, right? Um, as far as we know, uh, they, they were moving towards despair, but they didn't actually despair yet. Um, as far as we know, uh, they were doing their best to, to bear and endure the weight of their bad circumstance. And it's in this moment, right, that Paul gives them a different option. Did you catch it in the last verse that we, that we read and, and in all the songs that we've sung this morning? One little word, peace. Paul gives them a different option. The option for their bad circumstance is peace. Here's what he says. He says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. It's kind of a standout over-the-top verse. Uh, Paul frequently talks about peace. He usually opens his letters with peace. He rarely actually mentions peace at the end of his letters, interestingly enough. And this is like an over-the-top double emphasis on peace uh, at the end of this letter. Why? <laughs> because their circumstances suck. And he desires to give them a different option of how to live in that circumstance, in that moment. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. We've given this definition so many different times, but uh, peace on one hand is, is like the absence of fighting. We know that. Uh, peace is the absence of commotion and fuss. And we might say it's the absence of commotion and fuss around us and in us. <laughs> so uh, peace is the absence of commotion and fuss around us and the world outside of us externally. It's also the absence of commotion and fuss in our hearts, in our minds. Now, peace is, is tranquility or calm. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you, church in Thessalonica, peace at all times and in every way. Um, if you're just kind of uh, looking at the original language, it literally just kind of translates like this. Now, may the Lord of peace himself continually give you peace in every way. The word is actually way, but we could say in every what? Circumstance. May the Lord of peace himself continually give you peace in every way, in every circumstance. Notice that Paul doesn't say, oh, may the Lord himself give you a different what? Circumstance. He doesn't say that. That's not his prayer. 
That's not his hope. It's not his wish for the people. Although he probably desires for them to face different circumstances, that's not what he prays. He prays, may the Lord of peace himself continue to give you peace in every circumstance. He's giving them a different option, a different heart in the circumstance that they face. Let me just kind of illustrate what this looks like. Uh, Noah, will you come back up and you can choose any circumstance that you want, except for that one because you already know that one's good. Oh, sorry, bad choice. Bad, bad. Here's, here's what he does. Uh, this is what Paul uh, is essentially doing, right? He's not changing their circumstance. What he's doing is he's praying Jesus. Make sure that doesn't fall over. He's praying Jesus into their circumstance. This is what he's doing. Um, he says that Jesus is the Lord of peace. Jesus is the ruler of it. He's in control of it. He's in charge of it, and he does what he wants with it. And Paul knows that Jesus shares peace with people. When Jesus was born, the angels announced peace on earth and goodwill towards men. John chapter 14, in hard circumstances, by the way, um, in John chapter 14, Jesus has already predicted that he'd be betrayed and that, uh, and that he would be denied three times by his disciples. And here's what he says. This is, this is the words of Jesus. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, nor let them be afraid. Jesus himself doesn't say, hey, I'm going to change the circumstance. I'm going to make sure I'm not betrayed. I'm going to make sure I'm not denied. No, what he does is he says, hey, this is going to be a really hard circumstance. I'm going to give you my peace. I'm going to remove the commotion and the fuss from your heart. Peace, real peace, inner calm, no commotion, no fuss, is attached to Jesus. And Paul knows it. And so he prays Jesus into their circumstance. So this is kind of, um, uh, on the one hand, like gospel good news for us. Um, it, it also kind of like directs our actions a little bit. When we find ourselves in a bad circumstance that we don't really like, it kind of tells us, oh, don't jump too quickly to a new circumstance. It, it kind of tells us, oh, don't pick up that rubber chicken and fight back, right? It, it tells us, don't despair, it says that what we should do is just pick up Jesus because Jesus will bring peace in our circumstance. Uh, the way that we pick up Jesus, this shouldn't be too surprising to you, right? Two, two ways to do it is, number one, to pick up your Bible. Just read it, right? When we're reading our scripture, then, man, we have a good sense of a Jesus who is the Lord of peace and able to bring peace into our life. We get a better sense of who we are and what he's able to do. Um, the other way is simply to pray. <laughs> and maybe we pray, hey, Jesus, what do you think of my circumstance right now? And maybe we say, hey, Jesus, what are you doing in my circumstance right now? But we pray and we, and, and we, and we trust, we ask him to bring peace, to remove that commotion and that fuss from our hearts. Here, here's the other thing that this does 
and I'm probably running out of time for those of you who keep keep a clock, but but I but I think this is just so important, right? Because because here's the deal. Um, this is Paul, a man, right? He's not God himself, but this is Paul, just a, a regular man, praying peace into the circumstance of somebody else. And so for me, like, this really just directs um, my heart and my mind. And it says, oh my gosh, Noah might be in a bad circumstance. And so I want to listen to his story. I just want to say, like, hey, what's in your circle, right? Will you tell me and explain what's happening in your circumstance? And, and, and I, don't, I'm, I don't have to try to fix that circumstance. I, I don't have to try to diagnose that circumstance. I don't have to try to judge what's happening in that circumstance. I just get to pray Jesus into that circumstance. People of God, this is what we should do. Right? We should find incredible hope and incredible good news in every circumstance because Jesus is with us and he's the Lord of peace. It also directs our relationships, and it says, man, if we can just listen and pray, listen to the stories of what's happening in that circle, and then pray Jesus and his peace into that circumstance. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Amen? Amen.